0: what's good everybody Wednesday evening Let's talk Wednesday time TV and VH in here man TV what's happening
1: man? uh I'm I'm on my way back home from another another midwest trip but <laughs> uh I'll be home shortly I'm not in the middle of nowhere like I was before so uh closer to home uh this go-around but I'm doing good doing good got some engagement photos taken so uh, yeah. I'm doing real good
0: Oh, photogenic and all that good <laughs> stuff. All that yeah. uh uh-huh. Both of y'all up there just getting a photo shoot taken care of. That's good stuff. Yeah,
1: yeah. It was we did it on Friday. It was cold. It was 40 degrees and overcast. And, uh, but I'm glad we went ahead and did
0: it. And as always, they make us look good. So that was that Yeah. Was, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh-huh. But yeah, you was holding your own in the pick too. We, us yeah. fellas, try to hold our own in couples picks. I, we, I know. I mean, have man. absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> ain't, ain't nobody looking at me. That's so, right.
1: Man. That's right. <laughs> right. So I'm gonna do whatever, but no, do it. Do it good. Cannot complain uh, at all.
0: That is good, man. Everybody, check this episode out. Of course, when it drops, on Anchor, Spotify, so many different platforms, Spreaker. Wherever you get your podcasts, give us a follow at Cast Talk Wednesday on Facebook and Twitter, and of course the world famous T brown underscore eighty and at Vinny Hardy for our personal accounts. Give us a follow, give us some interaction. We got all kind of topics to talk about. Cal spoke for the first time in a while. Uh, we we found out some stuff that we was probably thinking was going to happen anyway in terms of Keon and Isaiah Jackson. Um NBA-wise, stuff in LA the script is flipped both ways so we have to get to yeah. the bats yeah. uh, we got uh, we got Coach K going to get that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar treatment, he'll be getting rocking chairs and cigars and stuff in this next basketball season
1: it's going to be excruciating <laughs> I mean, it, 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 it's going to be I, you know, I, I love college of basketball I'm looking forward to it uh you know coming back in full swing as we've seen with the NBA with fans in you know we can appreciate that a little bit but uh I I don't want to watch any and college basketball stuff. Like I, I'm already dreading that.
0: Yeah. Yeah because that's what's gonna be every every stop and Syracuse, you know, Wake Forest is gonna get the Tribute, uh, applause through gritted teeth in Chapel Hill, all of that, and and you and I remember, and I know you do, being a Lakers fan. I remember Kareem. I was like, whoa, they gave him a rocking chair. Wow, man, that's and you know Dr. J, when they, those people that retired, when you know it's coming at the end of that season, they've already made the announcement, and this is what it's going to be, and then it's going to pass the torch to John Shire
1: As of now. You know, I mean, we might as well start here. <laughs> uh, look, I tip my hat. they puts him top three college basketball coaches of all time, mm-hmm. and you can you can you can debate. You know, once it gets to that level, I, I'm I'm really loath to start ranking guys. I think Thanks. Wooden is in a stratosphere all to himself and you know i listen to the uh, the cbs college basketball podcast look I, I know john wooden won in a different era but it's 11. like you know it's it's really hard to ignore 11. but that being said coach k is your top two or three right you know as kentucky fans we don't like it we don't love it but it just it is So, it's going to be weird to not have Coach K at Duke years. I mean, you and I don't remember when he started. We remember when he couldn't win. You know, he had all those Final Four and could not get over the hump. You know, Mm -hmm. from from Louisville in 86 to get the doors blown off by UNLV at 90.
0: You know, mm-hmm. there
1: was a stretch where, you know, like Michael Jordan was never going to get over that hump. Coach K was not going to get over that hump, right? So, mm-hmm. uh you know, he won in different, different areas. Yeah,
2: okay, I give so him
1: you credit. Uh, he, if anything else, he showed flexibility. You, you know, know, he went from give me four years of Jay Billis, you know of Christian Leitner to Zion, Zion Williamson. And, and I, I tip my cap to him because not my lot, lot coaches of coaches can do that. Mm-hmm. And and still maintain fans, we're but it is I don't know
2: I just, you know, I think Duke Duke is is doing a
1: good thing thing with how the replacement replacement plan. Let's Let's go ahead and give Cougar to her, which which I I think think is deserved, deserved, even even though it's going to be daunting for everybody, not, you know, not Duke, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: I think he. I think it. Deser- I think he deserves it. Uh, but it's
0: not going to be fun for the rest of us. That's true. That's true. And we got uh, got Muhammad Ahmed scheduled. I mentioned it last week. This young fella is out in Montana now. He used to, of course, went to UK and used to write for the Kentucky Colonel. I've ran into him covering games and stuff a couple years ago. So finally got it worked out he's gonna hop on here in about 20 minutes and uh talk all things montana and of course all things uk so usually we tweet that stuff out but it didn't get locked in until just now so <laughs> <laughs> muhammad will be on he's of course you know tv you've been out there in that part of the world he's a couple times behind us and so he was still working at the tv station and instead he well he thought he's gonna be off end up having to work, but he's still going to be able to make a little time to hop on with us. So, he's out there repping BBN in Big Sky Country of Montana. So, it's going to be fun talking with him. Oh, absolutely.
1: Um, <laughs> but but I think when you have to replace a legend and Coach K is of that caliber, mm-hmm. you, you have to be very careful because yeah. As we always say, you never want to be the guy to replace the guy. Yeah. You, you, you can count on your hand the number, on one hand, the number of successful guys to follow the guy. And I don't just mean Tubby coming after Rick. That's not what I mean. I mean you follow the dude whose name is on the building.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> that, that's a, That's a different animal. I'm not saying replace a successful coach. I'm talking about replacing the dude. And that's a very short list. And I would put UK's own Joe B. Hall as even though you know there's some detractors, he he made his own mark, right? So can uh, can Shire do that? Look, he's not gonna be Coach K, right? No. So you have to Uh, if you're Duke you have to uh, kind of hold his hand a little bit, right? Like UNC with Hubert Davis. You know, first time head coaches.
0: Yeah, well how different would that be next year when two of those guys? Second year Hubert and first year Shire. And
1: and, and here's the thing, you know, we talked a couple years ago uh, about let's and how the coaches were getting up there it is entirely possible that within a four year period Kansas, Kentucky, Duke and North Carolina will all have new coaches. It's entirely feasible mm-hmm. and and I you know I was just racking my brain trying to think when has that ever been the case? You know when Kansas you look it's a at the blue blood
0: yeah. And Bayham ain't got much longer either.
1: Yeah, you know, I'm I'm loath to put Syracuse in that conversation, but Bayham no. is it. Bayham is that dude, right? Yeah, you know, he's yeah. the longevity part right.
2: of
1: it. Uh-huh. Uh, absolutely. So uh, the it's just it's going to be really fascinating because you're going to have uh, Duke and Carolina without a Hall of Fame coach on either bench, mm-hmm. which I mean, how far back do you have to go? Sixties? <laughs> I mean, how you know, you know, how far back do you have to go to for that to be the case? <laughs> uh, and they're gonna have some bumps in the road because this is their first this, their first coaching job. Yeah. Even, uh... even though they've been longtime assistants and groomed for that job. We have seen that go sideways a lot of times.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: I, I think that's why I think it's smart of UNC. It's smart of Duke to go with a guy that played there and has been coaching, you know, on the bench there for a while to give, to give him some breathing room. Because if you bring a, another dude in with no ties to the school, you're going to get two years right you get two or three years and the seat starts to warm up but if you've got somebody that the fans know that the fans love right you can deal with some ups and downs
2: yeah Yeah.
1: so it's just going to be fascinating how it works out but i'm not looking forward to any college (laughs) basketball programming you know from from here on out now The question is, I put this on Twitter, and a lot of people kind of push back what I was talking about. We're gonna see, is is Duke a program, or is Duke coach K? And, you know, a lot of people are saying, well, you know, uh, what do you mean? That's a dumb question. Well, we have seen programs that are just the coach. And when the coach leaves, uh, you know, I'm thinking Maryland, right? <laughs> you know, uh, when you think about that, you, know, you think UConn. I know Kevin Ollie snuck a championship in. Don't remind me of 2014. But uh, and my, my point is when you are UNC and Kentucky, right, you can almost plug a coach in and be competitive right you know the point i always make about billy g is you know he was coach of the year in the sec like you know so you can almost plug and play a coach and be competitive yeah you get a decent you did a decent coach oh now you're cooking with gas (laughs) so can you do that you know unc's got of course multiple coaches with multiple championships Kentucky five guys have hosted the trophy so and and we're not going to be able to say that within the next year or two right the -hmm. problem is if you're Duke if you're North Carolina yeah you can get some extra time with one of your own guys but you can't get too much time or else you are Nebraska football indiana basketball right so it's a very delicate situation when you have to replace a coach now we see we've seen north carolina do it we've seen kentucky do it relatively without missing a beat right uh so this is going to be how interesting to see how duke navigates this new landscape because shire's walking into just a minefield of recruiting transfer Porter, uh, portal, uh, NIL stuff. Like it, it, the, the job is changing, which is why I think coach K and Roy Williams said, you know what, we've got multiple titles. We out. <laughs> right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I could I can understand them wanting to be done. Um, uh, but it's, like I said, it's just going to be interesting when you see, you know, college basketball is is changing. You know, it used to be that the coaches, you know, we grew up in, they're all gone. You know, Coach K, uh, well, Jim Boeheim is going to be like the last coach that was coaching when we grew up. Nope. And, and Coach K is probably, I won't say probably him and bayham are the last dudes that you will see do 40 years at one place like those, those yep. days are gone mm-hmm. like it's going to be rare bill self may be the one guy to be a blue blood for 20 years yeah like we are not going to get 20 years of coach Cal in lexington Yeah. like that's just not
0: going to happen chris beard is at his alma mater right now and he's not that old but you it's, you can't i mean you can't just say he's going to be there 40 years in Texas I mean he's he may be but you don't in this day and age you know yeah. cuz the the job is harder yeah than it's ever been it's
1: 24/7 365 and you know a couple of bad seasons a setback you know it's a ripple effect you know, you look at every coach that has that was out of school for 30 years or more. You know, you think of the institutions, you think of, you know, obviously Adolph Rupp. You think of Coach K and you and Jim Beheim. And those guys, uh they all had a season. They all had a bad season. Or two. Yeah. You know, they all had uh, like I say about Coach Cal, they all had championship teams that not only didn't make the Final Four, they were you know they were not very good. Mm-hmm. You know, I, you know people want to get on Coach Cal, Like there are some Duke teams that were loaded. Like Coach K's best team, I think, was 1999. Right, they lose to UConn. Mm-hmm. Like, How's that? And so, so, if you're Chris Peter, Peter and you get, you know, these top classes, you got a lot of, you know, a lot of momentum going, how many of those near miss seasons are folks gonna take? Yeah. You know, even if you look at someone like uh, Mark Few at Gonzaga, who I think is relatively safe. Yeah. But but how many of these years of Gonzaga going into the tournament as a one or number two overall seed and not winning. You know,
0: how many of those
1: are, are will they put up with?
0: Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, he's how many times have they done that? they made the two final fours now. Two two title games. But, you know, it's that point where
1: they're 30 wins every year, yep. they are getting to the tournament they are doing X, Y, and Z, but, you know, and I, I, obviously I don't know anything about Gonzaga Athletics, so let me be very clear. But the point is, and the world we're living in now, mm-hmm. you know, uh, will, will the whispers get enough where he decides to do like Brad Stevens and just move on, right?
0: Right. <laughs> You know, I think I think that's part of the equation uh, as well. How long before Brad Stevens gets that itch to coach? It's not like he's seventy years old. How long is he gonna sit in the basketball ops chair before he's ready to to make a move? Is he just gonna wait for John Shire to slip up? Or I mean <laughs> Well, you know, potentially he could be looking at a situation where it's like, okay,
1: uh, you know you got john shire what's gonna happen there yeah uh you got mike woodson at iu <laughs> yeah so he could be saying look in two three years i'm gonna have my my choice mm-hmm. you know and it, it, it becomes a different situation so he's in no rush to get back he doesn't have
0: just to get back And I mean, I know you had to, I don't know, in, enjoy hearing Celtics news. We, we we were talking about Danny Ainge last week about how all this momentum he had for years and he didn't really, didn't really parlay to picks in anything, didn't really, you know, you just kept waiting. Oh, Boston's about to be loaded. Oh, Danny Ainge is killing the game. And then we, we never, it was like the firework that didn't, it was a dud firework in the end. The, the the problem with all that,
1: the problem with uh, Boston is all those picks don't mean anything if you can't get anybody to want to come, right? What, what Boston was trying to do was use these picks to bring somebody to Boston. But the problem is no one wants to go to boston you know, there's a multitude of reasons for that but people don't want to go to boston
0: And in the 2008 title that's that's a long time ago now that, that, oh, and i didn't realize he had been there since 03. he's been there for 18 years that 08 title is in eighth grade now since a kid. It's about to go to high school since they won their last one. So that's that's a long time for Boston fans. Well, is
1: it though? I mean, it's the point title since 86. So <laughs> it, I mean, no, and I'm not trying to be well, maybe yeah, I am trying to be funny. Let me be clear. You know, I am trying to be funny. <laughs> but but honestly, see look look. The the thing about the NBA is there's only about six places that people want to play. And Boston's not one of them. So if you are Danny Ainge, you've got to just build through the draft, right? You, you can't wait on a free agent to come. You know, they were building toward Anthony Davis, but Anthony Davis is not going to come play there.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, it's just, it it, it, it just isn't uh, a situation where free agents will come. I mean, think about this. Boston, with all its history, with all its everything, the two biggest free agents they've just ever signed, dudes that could go anywhere they wanted to go, Al Horford and Kimball Walker. Mm. <laughs> You know, it's like, we, we laugh about the Knicks, but the Celtics are the same way. So, you know, the, the, the thing is, when you're building up with these picks, you, you've you got to be very careful. And and part of the problem with Ainge was, he let everybody know that everybody was available. Well, mm-hmm. you, you, you can do that for maybe one season, but that can't be how you operate, right? You can't just say everybody is available to get a, you know, because we want Anthony Davis or Kevin Durant or whoever. You no, know, you can't operate a team like that, where everybody knows that any day any of them can be called, and the coach is trying to build them up, but they know the front office is literally saying any of you guys can go at any time. <laughs> you know that that that's why. Uh, I was glad when the Lakers, you know, pulled the trigger to get Anthony Davis, because you know the Baby Lakers knew. Look, <laughs> we can with LeBron here. We are all expendable, right? Mm-hmm. And, and you can do that for a little bit, but you can't do it forever.
0: That's right. We got our guest on here now, coming to us from Big Sky Country, but of course, a UK alum. Used to write for the Kentucky Colonel. He's an award-winning sports anchor and reporter for SWX Montana. Covering Montana, Montana State, local and high school sports. Talking about Muhammad Ahmad. Welcome to the show, Muhammad. How you doing, man?
3: Doing good, guys. How are you doing?
0: Can't complain, man. Can't complain. Appreciate you hopping on. We've been... Uh, been working back and forth and your schedule and being a couple time zones behind and, and thought you was gonna be off today and then up having to work and you still hopped on the show with us man
3: we appreciate it yeah anytime man yeah it's you know that's the tv business man it's one minute you gotta do this one minute you gotta do that you think you're gonna be off and you realize you gotta do something this day off instead it's crazy man but i i'm glad to be here i appreciate you guys having me How long have you been out there in Montana now? It's funny, actually. Yesterday, I celebrated my one-year anniversary of moving to Montana. So, exactly one year.
0: Goodness gracious. And already award-winning. Already getting hardware. Already.
3: Well, let me be a little more specific. I know because my headline on my Twitter is a little misleading. I haven't won an award here, but I did win an award in college when I was, like you mentioned, writing for the Kentucky Colonel. Um, I got an award for writing a cool feature on Lynn Bowden after the team won the Belk Bowl in Charlotte. Um, but That's—I know it seems like I won a TV award. I should probably adjust that, but yeah, that is one award that I've won. <laughs> hey,
0: you could have—you could have just rode with it and said, you know, I got a daytime Emmy out here in, <laughs> in Billings, and <laughs> but that's coming though. That's right down the road. That's right around the corner. And you'll you'll be moving over and making room in the trophy case. But yeah, I was telling TB, and look, we we both, you know, been able to cover games and go to games for different websites and stuff and blogs. But I remember you, I, I met you, I guess, I've seen you in passing, but I met you the first time for good. If I'm remembering right, it was Kentucky, Tennessee in Kroger Field. And it was... It was that Lynn Bowden year, the year you won an award when he switched over to quarterback. Kentucky had him beat, jumped out 13 nothing. You know, Tennessee ends up winning, the goal line stand and all that. But we were out there in the cafeteria area. And was it, was it Brian Milan was out there and several people at that table? That's where I think I met you for the first time, back when with the Colonel.
3: You know what? That's starting to ring a bell. I I remember that game. I was there. It was a night game, like most of those games were that year. Yeah, I think we did meet at that game. You're right, man. You got a really good memory. Remember better than me. <laughs> I,
0: and when you you followed the show, you follow Cast Talk Wednesday on Twitter, and I saw. I was like, I said, "Oh yeah." So that's that's when it all started coming back. So yeah, um, hate that outcome to the hated balls, but it was it was nice to meet you and. interact and now we're talking with you now as well oh yeah it's crazy almost two years yeah so have you adjusted from Kentucky to Montana what's that been like
3: Uh, man it's still a work in progress my brother let me tell you right now it has gotten a lot better it's gotten easier but it is absolutely a work in progress you know there's a lot of similarities here that there are in Kentucky but I think it's also a very different landscape because you don't really have any big cities like lexington or louisville i mean i live in missoula which is the second biggest city and it's nowhere near the size of lexington it's probably not even one third the size of lexington which is still you know a typical mid-sized city so you know i'm just a city guy and that's kind of like tough getting used to being in lexington and louisville and like going to cincinnati and indy and columbus and places like that detroit and then coming to montana it's like <laughs> yeah the people are similar but the, the lifestyles so different mm. but it's it's been okay though it's it's honestly kind of hard because like Lexington is the only place I called home my whole life before I moved here with all 22 years of my life in Kentucky before I, before I moved here so it's hard man it's, you know I'm still pretty homesick to be honest
0: mm. I could imagine um and
3: and on that note and I got a couple
0: other questions on TB whatever you got to um when sometimes we we see the fans want to get cynical when a guy is legit homesick. You know, Johnny Juzang transfers back to UCLA where he's from, um, and then he's killing it for the Bruins. But he was he was really homesick. We saw Nolan Hickman decommit uh, the point guard that was going to be coming in, and he went back and committed to Gonzaga back where he's from. These guys aren't much younger than you, so you just went halfway across the country from Lexington to Missoula, so it's it's a real thing. It's, it's you know sometimes guys are milking it, but in some cases a lot of these guys aren't
3: when they go to commit and decide, oh, let me go back closer to home. It's real, man. I mean, you know what? Johnny Juzang is probably three years younger. Hickman about four or five years younger. You know, I mean, I'm only 23 years old, and I did this when I was 22. So, no, it's real, man. Like, you know, I really empathize with Johnny Juzang. Like, I can only imagine how he felt. I mean, he made an even longer trip because California is, like, a world of its own away from Kentucky. So, I can only imagine what he went through. And, you know, what I love about Johnny Juzang is that he not only got to come back to L.A., But, you know, you just mentioned that he killed it for the Bruins. I mean, he had that performance in the NCAA tournament and just throughout the year. I mean, he was just one of their top dogs. And so that's kind of how really I want to be. Hopefully, is like to get back to Lexington one day, kind of like he went back to L.A., you know, and just hopefully, um, you know, like whether it's a TV job or just something, hopefully get back and make some noise the same way he's, like, making noise for UCLA, you know? But, no, it's real. Same with Hickman. Same with anybody else, man. It's so real. I mean, Devin asked you even. Obviously, he's from California, but, you know, Austin, Texas is right between Kentucky and Sacramento, so maybe that could be part of why he went there. Of course, besides the fact they got Chris Beard and everything, if you really want to dig deep, that could absolutely be one one reason why he went there.
0: Absolutely, man. TV jump in, man. I don't want to just be hovering. No, you do it. You do a good thing. Thanks for coming on. So, you're you're talking about homestyle. I've been
1: out to Idaho uh, when the Cats were in the tournament. uh, God, was that almost three years ago now, Vinny? So, that's right. Explain to the folks just how picturesque it is out there.
3: Man, I don't even know if Fords could do justice. I mean, everywhere I go, when I look out my apartment window, when I'm driving to work, when I'm driving through, like, uh, the Bitterroot Valley, which is in southwestern Montana, just to go shoot high school games, I mean, you can't escape the mountains, you can't escape the views, you know, if you go north, like northwestern Montana, in the Flathead Valley, you drive through Flathead Lake, you see those mountains in the valley, like, you just can't escape it, man, it's, I mean, you, I mean, you can look at it on the internet, but even that's not going to do justice, like, you have to be there mm. to really see it and believe it, it's just something for sure.
0: How far is Missoula from Helena or Helena? I'm not, I never know. And like Helena, Helena and Billings and all the other decent sized cities. I know it's a a big state. So, how far are you from those other cities that even people in Kentucky know by name?
3: Yeah, um, Helena's like about two hours, I want to say, but an hour and a half. Billings, which is the biggest city in the state, obviously, I'd say that's a good five hours away. Here's the funny part, though. If you were to go from, like, the northeast corner of the state where, like, North Dakota and Canada are, and you try to go to the southwest corner, close to where I live, near, like, the Idaho border, that would take you at least, at least 12 hours. (laughs) So it's pretty big. (laughs) And, And I
1: think that a lot of folks don't understand that once you cross the Mississippi, the states are ridiculously big. Oh, yeah. Like, Massive. Uh, you know, like I said, I we drove out to Idaho from Kentucky. And we did the I-80 across Nebraska. And there's nothing like getting your GPS. And it's like, stay on I-80 for 455 miles.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: And, really? it's, yeah. and it's just like, come on, man. You know? And I, know. I, and I don't I think they understand how far apart, even though there are bigger cities out there, I don't think people understand that between the cities, there's not a whole lot, right? <laughs> oh know? yeah.
3: I mean, you're talking about stay on I-80 in Nebraska. I mean, you know, like I'll tell you when I got to Montana, or when I was going to Montana, when I when I drove here last year at this time, um I mean, I was in South Dakota. I drove through South Dakota by way of, like, Iowa and Kansas City. And it was like, you have to stay on I-90 for, like, 200-something miles because I drove all across South Dakota, and I spent the night in Rapid City. But, like, I basically drove across the whole state in one day on top of driving through Iowa and northern Missouri. So I get it, man. Like, I know it's a shock if you've never done it.
0: And, hey, man, just getting back to – you saying you lived in Lexington your whole life and you know want to eventually you know make the moves and carve out your career to where you get back there I mean I've been reading a little bit of Alan Cutler's book and you know him being from New York but starting out in New Mexico and Colorado and here and there and and gets back to Lexington leaves and comes back and leave, Man, it'll, it'll all pan out. You'll make a move and another move and, and it'll all one domino will lead to another one and, and you'll be back in your hometown doing your thing before we know it. Man,
3: I've never read his book. That That's interesting that you say that. I had no idea he worked in, you said New Mexico and Colorado?
0: That's like where he started. I haven't finished it. I've just been reading. I'm just starting it a little bit, but he was out and doing Little League games in New Mexico and had a job offer in Colorado, and then it didn't work, and then it was—it's crazy. It's crazy. It's the way it all started.
3: Man, that guy—I'll tell you something about alan Cutler because I grew up watching him, and I'm sure you did too. That man really, really paid his dues. I mean, I've only met him once or twice, but I can tell you right now, I have a lot of admiration for him. And you know, this sign's kind of signs it cheesy. It sounds, you know, kind of funny when I when I say what I'm about to say, but. Honestly, like I kind of want to be him, not in the sense of like his personality and all that. Which don't get me wrong, he's a cool guy. But I mean, in the sense of I want to be like in Lexington, like for a lifetime. Like you know, he spent about four decades there. You know, yeah. Rob Rom- Rob Bromley did the same. I I just want to do the same thing. Like that's really my dream if I could do that.
0: Yeah, and I man, you know, he might be able to pull some string. I'm not trying to put him on the spot or nothing but you know he knows everybody so you never know man you never know so but yeah he was definitely even before the whole billy gillespie thing he was already well established everybody knew him and we statewide like you said he was that guy he was doing all the stories and you know uh, so many things he does so many people he's talked to and he's it's funny because he's He's from New York. So, me, me being from a L- little town in Kentucky, he's, he's brash and he's different. And, you know, the personality is different. Oh, yeah. And when he was <laughs> working, he could be just focused and, you know, not, hey, move out of my way, I got to do this. But he's he is a nice dude when you're just talking to him and get to kicking with him when he's not, like, on a
3: deadline or something. Just oh, sure. sure. No, absolutely. You know, I like I said, I've only met him once or twice. He you knows after he retired. And he, he was – pretty nice to me i mean you know obviously he probably wasn't like in the moment doing anything that was important so you know he seemed like he had time to greet me and say hi and ask how I was doing but yeah no, great guy you know watched him on tv since i was young i you know hopefully actually might try to get his book soon um you know because i've been hearing good things about it and i saw he released it but yeah yeah man you're
0: on it yeah tons of kentucky football basketball stories and uh... I'm not trying to spoil it the one little travis ford chapter that was pretty neat but he's look he's been there and seen it all and done it all uh for sure being being out in montana i have no doubt you're keeping at least one eye on what's going on with uk athletics so what if what's been what stood out to you when we're coming off a bad basketball season we got an exciting football season what's kind of caught your eye or what you've been focusing on in and around working and living in montana when you look back at all things big blue it's a
3: really great question uh, A very loaded question but a very good question nonetheless <laughs> first i will admit you know being in montana since i've been so focused on you know montana state and montana it's been so hard as much as i love the cats to keep an eye on but i have kept an eye on just you know as far as knowing the day to day stuff honestly man like if we're talking specifically the last month the last two months it's a whirlwind i mean where do you start? Like from losing Hickman to then getting Ty, Ty Washington, and Severe Wheeler. You have the highs, and then you have the peaks of the highs, like watching the volleyball win. The volleyball team win the national championship. Which it's funny, I was actually at work, had the TV on, and I was watching it, so excited. I went crazy when they won. So you have those high <laughs> points, but man, you can get to some really low points, not just you know the horrible season, but I mean even lower than that is obviously you know the, you know, the death of Terrence Clark in Los Angeles last month, I mean, that was crazy, I mean, I was at work that day, working on a story, and I heard about it, and, like, I just could not focus for the rest of the day, I mean, you know, I had my computer, and I tuned into WKYT.com, like 18com I was, like, watching their live newscast, trying to get more details that maybe, like, ESPN didn't already have since, you know, local people were already on it, it was insane, um, and it was just even weirder that one minute he died, the same day that... They beat uh, Washington. The volleyball team did in the semifinals, and then two days later, they won the national championship. It was very, very weird, which is why I say whirlwinds is the best impression I would say of the last month or two.
0: Yeah, you were, we were so, we were all so high and so low at the very same time.
3: It was, it was very weird. Yeah, it was so the emotions were so hard to put into words.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely um why are you here too In tb we hadn't talked about this but it's I hate to see it we've kind of seen it maybe with with what we saw with coach mitchell and the basketball team a few years ago when he had a lot of transfers the baseball team is one and done in the sec tournament don't get selected which we didn't think would happen anyway for the ncaa tournament and now at last count i saw i think it was i saw it on the sea of blue with aaron gershon nine players were transferred from the baseball team yeah in a tough sec already and you're who is i i hate to we hate to feel like we're feeling but uh it's, it's, it's not a good look
3: No, it's not. And and I think what makes it even more interesting is, I mean, I know people talk about the the basketball transfer portal being such a madhouse, but don't overlook sports like baseball, man. Like those sports are going to start feeling the same effect as like sports like basketball when it comes to the transfer portal that I'm very interested to see how that plays out, like especially with how crazy things already are. But you're right, man. It's not the best look at all.
0: Get your thoughts, T. Well, like you said,
1: we've seen this before because Matthew Mitchell, after three elite eights, the wheels kind of fell off, right? Like we kind of uh, uh, got to the point. I think he had like five transfers plus coaches leaving, and it mm-hmm. looked it looked really, really bad. And I think that, that, that he and Mitch had a heart to heart because uh, Coach Mitchell had to win back parents, right? Yep. That's that's the big issue. Of, of coaching as we look forward we talk about the transfer portal just in general but you're going to have to recruit your own players you know you're going to have to do a lot more to make your program more inviting now I don't know what's happened behind closed doors in any of those situations but non-transfers is a lot
3: so it's, it's too many
1: yeah so I, I think Mitch is going to have to they're going to have to get a plan together And see if they can execute that plan because he had some momentum coach nick you know we had him on the show you know he he seems like a guy you want to play for but the issue is in the sec baseball and we have said this before it may be more competitive than sec football when you look at the programs that have won championships and have you know have dudes I would say SEC baseball is even more competitive. So the I last, agree. Thing, I agree. Right. So the last thing you want to do is start over from square one.
2: Again, yeah.
1: You know, there's already so many things working against Kentucky baseball. You know, it's it's the northernmost SEC school. You know, the the weather isn't very inviting for baseball here until kind of late in the spring. There's so <laughs> many things. Yeah. You know, that the last thing you want to do is scrap Coach Nick. You know, and it, it start over. So if he can rebound, you know, Mitch is going to work with him. But by the same token, you can't just spin your tires SEC baseball because they've got uh, Kentucky Proud Park, and as they say, yo, know, if you build it, you got to give somebody a reason to come there, right? You you can't. The worst thing you can do is have a fan base shrug your shoulders at the program.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And you know is with the way the season ended, you know, dropping all those SEC games and kind of going out lifeless, and then all the guys leaving, you know, you got to do something to command people's attention is, is, is kind of what I'm saying.
3: You yeah, know? I mean, you know, if you're going to build something, you don't want to just destroy it like that. I mean, what yeah. a waste that would be. I mean, you're, you're absolutely right on that. You, know, you built it yourself, you got to maintain it and keep it that way.
1: Right, right. And, 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 you know, I, I know Mitch is going to be as as loving as he can, but as yeah. I say, it's still a business, right? You you, you still have to, you know, you, you got to win. It's
3: the name of the game. It's cliche, but it's... <laughs>
1: yeah, you know, <laughs> you know, if you're winning, people coming and going is not that big a deal, right? Yeah. You know... Uh, okay. the one-and-dones for basketball didn't become a big deal until we went on a four-year Final Four draft, right? Yeah. And then it's like, it's what are we doing with all these guys, right? You know, you, because, you know, when people say, you know, one-and-dones are bad, and I'm like, Anthony
3: Davis? You know? Julius Randall,
1: Right, 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 right. You know, when Carl you... When, Anthony Towns? Right. And so, you know, the, 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 the way the programs operate, you go to four Final Fours in five years. Oh, it's great, right? But you, you you miss out a couple years. Now everything is on the table. Let's let's figure this out. So, I, I'm I'm rooting for Coach Nick, no right? doubt. I'm yeah. I'm rooting for him because, like I said, we had him on the show. You 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 see him around the the media, and he seems great. But you just don't know what happens behind closed
3: doors, right? You know, sometimes and a lot of the, a lot the of times, even as media, we never truly will.
1: Yeah, yeah, but I, I have to. But it, we're, I think we're all in agreement. Even with the transfer portal, nine guys leaving, man, that's that's red
3: flags. Oh yeah, hundred percent. No, I'm with you guys on that. Like I said, yeah, we agree on that. You know, uh, it's just yeah, it's, it's, say the least, it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but,
1: and and also because you look at the athletic department as a whole, and and the standard is a whole lot different. Like back in our day, it was men's basketball, and that was it. Back when I was at UK, like <laughs> we had we had those teams, you know, we had baseball and volleyball, we had them all, and, and I'm not and and to... football, kind of. Yeah, I mean, we had we now my freshman year we had Mo Williams, who was a joy to watch, but it was just you know we had those teams, and I'm not trying to disparage the coaches or players or anything, but the emphasis wasn't there. Right. But at the last ten to fifteen years. I mean, you've got volleyball winning a championship, you know, knocking on the door. Softball didn't quite get it done this year, but softball is a national power, right? So, Oh,
3: yes. In Montana, I can tell you, it's a pretty big deal out here. So imagine <laughs> imagine SCC schools like Kentucky. I, I get it, man. I covered that. I, I know. And
1: yeah. so it, so you've got all these other programs doing well. You can't be the one program that's not pulling your weight.
2: Mm-hmm. Right, you
1: can't be the only program moving backwards as everybody else moves forward. Like that's not going to work. So you're right. They got to. They got to do something.
3: Yeah, Some- and what, what that something is, I honestly don't know. I mean, you, I haven't really followed the baseball team as extensively as you guys have, but yeah, it's it's crazy. But you know. That was kind of a point you made. It was very brief, but I want to go back to it. You were talking about the, the Coach Cal Perry drought. You know, since 2015, haven't made a final for it. Closest they got was, you know, nearly winning two Elite Eights, only to watch it fly away. Um, you know, when you see that with the basketball team, and then you see, obviously, what happened last year, you know, and you see guys like Devin Askew leave and transfer and, you know, stuff like that, I mean, do you, do you think that sort of the same sentiment that you're talking about with – with basketball or i'm sorry with baseball do you think that same sentiment is why you probably heard things like fire cal and get rid of cal like you know is is that it or is just the the big blue nation just that madly rapidly insane or they're they're rabid i guess
1: they're they're insane i mean because the last thing i'm going to worry about in my lifetime is kentucky basketball being good Like I've got asteroids to worry about. I've got the zombie apocalypse to worry about like Kentucky basketball (laughs) being good, you know, because it's going to be good because the will is there for it to be good. So if that means coach cow has got to go, whatever, Kentucky basketball is going to be good. Right. That's why last year was so rough because it was the worst year we have seen since the great depression. Okay. So,
3: <laughs> you know? I mean, literally. Yeah,
1: right. <laughs> so, people will allow, because the, here's the thing about the, the all the moves this past offseason. Everybody said when the team was one and six, Cal's got to do something. Like, we've got to see some major moves. And so, we have seen major moves on the coaching staff, players coming in. Like, Cal. Oh, did. yeah. He did what he had to
3: do. Man. I'm excited to see those transfers. Grady, Tashibue, all those guys. Yeah. Really and,
1: and and where I've been, Vinny, you know, CJ Frederick. Oh, know, yeah. yeah. They're, they're high on him uh, in, uh, in Iowa. So Cal doing it is completely a separate animal from everybody else. And it's hard to, you know, apply what Cal or whoever the men's coach is. Right. It's hard to take that and apply it to anything else. I think maybe Coach Skinner has built that up where you just kind of say whatever he's doing is gonna work out. Like he's built up that capital, right? Mm. You know, oh yeah. Maybe Coach stoops a little bit. I think if he gets to eight or nine wins this year, okay, he's built up some capital. We're gonna trust what he does, right? But but yeah. everybody else, you know, well, maybe Coach Lawson for softball, but mm-hmm. but Coach Nick baseball, like, hey man, you got to I'm from Missouri. You got to show me something before yeah. I before I extend that benefit to you.
0: And Coach Skinner built it and he didn't he wasn't in the microscope. And that's in the we just it is what it is. He wasn't in the microscope or or the, the bullseye that even Coach Mendez is under. Because if if it, it might not have been rumblings when he was struggling in his early years. Just you know, because it's, it's volleyball, there is a core audience that likes it, but the whole fan base wasn't rabbit about it. man, Skinner got to go, he better get it going. So he was able to take his lumps without feeling maybe as much pressure as Coach Mendes is even feeling right now. Yeah, and the problem with Coach Nick
1: is you know, he had that really great first year where they made it to a super region and mm-hmm. played at Louisville, and there are dudes in the minor leagues working their way up from Kentucky. You know, it's one thing for folks to look at, like, what Devin Booker's doing in the playoffs, what Julius Randle's doing in the playoffs. Oh, let's not get it. into that
3: part. I don't know about getting into Julius Randle in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> With all due
1: but well, but believe
3: me, I love the guy to death. He's, like, my top, one of my top five players in the last decade. But anyways, go on.
1: Well, go well, back. I'm just saying, <laughs> you know, he's what he did in Kentucky, I think, is underrated when you Very. go back and look at it. Uh, he gets overshadowed because, of, of course, he's not Anthony Davis, you know. But at, anyway, if you're Coach Nick and you've got dudes that you have come through the program and are not excelling on the pro level, I think it's fair to say why, how come the wins aren't translating, right? You know, I think that's a fair assessment uh, that you got to start. At, 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 you know, quite tough questions have to be asked and answered. I think at this point is kind of what I'm saying.
3: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Um, oh, shifting back to Montana real quick before we let you go, Muhammad. Sure. If you divide it into Montana, Montana State, how is the state proportion and where you are in Missoula? Is it more Montana Montana State?
3: Oh, it's like how would I divide up like the parts of the state that are more bobcats and the other parts that are more grizzlies? That what you're asking? Yeah, yeah. You know, man, see, my knowledge is so limited because I've only been here for a year, but I want to say, okay, so Bozeman is, like, dead center of the state, and, you know, um, I think Bozeman, if you go east of that, you know, up to the Dakota borders, I would say a lot of the Bobcats fans, the majority of them are be- all the way east the Dakotas, then everything... I'd say like you know most of Helena, parts of even Great Falls, I think west of the Idaho border. We part tr- a few grizz fans in the east and a few bobcat fans in the west. You know, of course, like you know, there's gonna have you're gonna have those uh, outliers and anomalies. But yeah, say it's like basically western Montana's grizz, eastern Montana's cats, with exceptions in each.
0: Okay, and just real quick, food-wise, what's what's the most Montana thing food wise and is it, do you like it or what's, what's everybody eat? Is it, you know, as far as in the city where you are and you know, what's, what's the food game like out there?
3: It sucks. It's horrible. Uh-oh. I'm not going to oh. be, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It's horrible. It sucks so bad, man. Like oh. as, as far as what's popular, I'm going to be honest with you. The closest thing I can think of that's quote unquote popular is anything that has huckleberries in it? Cause huckleberries what? are like a big thing in Montana. But like, as far as food, like, and that, that's just like a like an item, like a plant, like a just a, a fruit, you know. As far as yeah. actual food, I mean, <laughs> like, I don't know, man. It's like it's steak so out of town? Generic. Like it's just so bland. Like you don't really have a lot of like quote-unquote non-American sounding foods like burgers and steaks and hot dogs and fries and wings like the closest you'll get outside of that is like there's a few Thai restaurants there's one Indian spot there's two food trucks that have middle eastern food which bless the lord you know me being Arab man I need that um (laughs) god there's like those two trucks there's another Thai truck there's a lot of Thai food I think because like the big thing is Thai food that's not like American food um I mean that, that's it man like it's just really most of it is just typical corporate stuff like McDonald's your pizza places like Pizza Hut and Papa John's um I mean yeah man like it's just pretty generic like, I mean, it's nothing compared to Lexington or Louisville. Lexington's got, like, Korean, lots of Middle Eastern, lots of Asian, lots of African. And even the American, quote-unquote, American food in Lexington is so diverse as far as, like, how they present it and how they serve it. It's just boring here, man. (laughs) That's (laughs) honestly my least (laughs) favorite thing is the food. I'm not going to lie about that.
0: I'm sorry I even asked you,
3: man. My fault. Hey, it's okay. Hey, like I said, some questions just have answers that need to be brought up. (laughs) okay, man. No need to apologize.
0: Well, man, I sure appreciate you taking the time to hop on, making your schedule work out to hop on with us, talk some cats, talk some Montana, hit all kinds of bases. Uh, Definitely doing big things. Hopefully we'll see you in Lexington sometime for sure. And when it works out again, as we get closer to football and basketball season, man, love to get you back on here again with us, man.
3: Hey, and if you guys want, man, you know, you can get me back on even before that. Like, I definitely would be down for this summer. I think the summer would be great, you know, to chat with you guys if you so please. But, yeah, for sure. Definitely, man.
0: Definitely, We love good guests like you. We always enjoy it. Enjoy getting to, to chop it up. And uh, it's been fun talking with you, man. Keep doing your thing out there. Uh, keep enduring the boring food and keep doing <laughs> the good work. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> We'll You're be rooting best, for you man. out I there, man.
3: you guys. Absolutely, man. Yeah, we, we appreciate it.
0: So SWX Montana, y'all check Muhammad out. Repping BBN. Did his thing at the Kentucky Colonel before heading out west where he's at now. So thank you so much, Muhammad, man. We appreciate it. Have a good evening. Hey, you too, guys. Thank you. Stay in touch. we Will do. Muhammad Ahmad hopping on with us. That young fella, man. Twenty-three years old, he got it going. He got it together, man. He got his life together. He's doing it, yeah, that's that's fantastic.
1: You know, I think uh, you see these these young guys, uh, the trail. You know, talking about you know what Alan Cutler had to do, and a lot of guys had to hop around. A lot of folks, you know, Lindsey Golf, who we need to have on. You know, she was yeah. here in town, and now she's in Savannah doing her thing. She's sports director uh, down there, so. Uh you look at Anna Tarullo who I think we've had on.
0: We did. We did. We gotta get her back because you weren't able to be on when she came on. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, we gotta get her back on. For
1: sure. Yeah, you know, she's back, you know, from West Virginia, back to doing uh BBN tonight uh with Keith Farmer. So uh,
0: you know, keep working hard and I'm sure I'm sure he'll I'm sure he'll be back. For sure. sure. I even um uh, messaged my niece, uh, which she's She's almost like our daughter because she was she was two, two years old when we were dating and got married. And now she just had her first son. So we're about to go down there and see him in a few weeks. But she lives right there close to Savannah. So some of the tweets Lindsay was tweeting about, I, I linked my niece into it just to say, so, Hey, you this girl, she used to be in Kentucky and now I don't know if you know her or follow her or watch whatever news channel she's on, but um, my niece lives right there in in Lindsay's Market, so that's kind of cool um, with her, all the things she's doing. And of course, everything with her going through COVID, we, that was well-documented and bouncing back and uh, still doing her thing down there in, in the Savannah area. Yeah, yeah. So great to, great to talk to somebody from Montana, uh, still
1: representing the big blue nation out there.
0: Mm-hmm. And so you were... You was close to Montana because he said he lives close to Idaho. You almost you almost got out there. <laughs> yeah, you
1: know, like we talked to Jack Pilgrim last week. Every time I look at a map and I think,
0: man, how did I do that? Like
1: <laughs> it just it's still not registered.
0: Yeah. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Speaking of stuff not registering, but you are officially up in Cubs Nation. You know, you fly to W and you was on the Cubs podcast, even though you and Homeboy started talking about the Lakers. You're part of the Cubs nation now. The Cubs-Pirates game the other day, when the, the two for the Cubs just starts running back to home plate. And hobby, the hobby Pirates bias. first baseman, yeah, the Pirates first baseman chases him, and they end up getting a run, and it was just straight up yakety-sacks, pure comedy from the Pirates. It was Unbelievable, but you know your your team was the beneficiary of that. And as low as things have been for the Pirates, they they set the bar even lower the other day with that. Yeah, and Javi Baez he
1: he his base running, I mean, he's you know he's not Ricky Henderson. Let's be clear, <laughs> but but he is is kind of known to kind of manufacture runs like that. It's just the way he plays. I mean like as a first baseman you got to know all i got to do is touch this base it's two right?
0: outs two outs
1: and the 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 best part is as he forces the run in he signals safe by as does <laughs> then he runs to first forcing a bad throw and now he's on second and the cubs win that game by one run
0: unbelievable
1: so you know there's a measure of uh you got to make runs when you can you know you can't just assume anything i, I think is the is the takeaway uh by that so yeah that that cubs play that was definitely uh the business and i we definitely had fun with that yeah
0: and our our buddies at uh, the ky sports guys which we had them on gotta get them back on uh coach hurt is a lifelong pirates fan and he was the girls coach at metcalf county there. He tweeted out the other day, um, his first gift that somebody gave him now that he was superintendent was a shirt that had the Pirates logo on it. And underneath Pirates, it had hashtag just step on the bag. So, <laughs> yeah, that was- yeah. And uh, a lot of the social media accounts, uh, I
1: can't remember, Angels or Athletics or something, just showed a routine play at first and tag the Pirates in it, you know. Uh, I love it when the social media teams start uh, start feud with one another.
0: I got to think somewhere Barry Bonds is like, you know, I know he, of course, went to the Giants, but he's got to be like, thank you, because his, you know, most dubious play as a Pirate was being unable to throw out Sid Breen from shallow left field back in 91 when my Braves went to the World Series. I think back is- off the hook now. This this kind of trumps that.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, ab- absolutely. I think uh, I think I think so. So, we talked coach K. We talked uh, a little bit about coach Nick and the baseball team. Um what 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 else do we have? We're going to talk a little Osaka. Yes. Definitely. definitely. So, Naomi Osaka. Th- this this is one of those stories that it's really tough to have a conversation on social media about because there's a lot of nuance to it right it, it, there's no necessarily bad guys there's no you know necessarily like super duper good guys it's a very complicated situation uh first and foremost the, the first point is she's talking about her mental health and, and that's something that hopefully we can all take seriously, right? If, if someone is saying, hey, I need help with this, we should be able to give them the space they need to do that. And that's, that's part of it. And, you know, if she needs to step away and not play, which she withdrew from the French Open, so be it. That's one piece of it. The second piece is her saying that she doesn't want to, or she, you know, part of her mental health is she doesn't want to do the required interviews and press conferences. And that's a piece of it as well. The, what she said there, basically, Osaka, Naomi, what she said was, this is a bad situation for me. And and so everybody on all sides of the issue are now debating press conferences. Are they necessary? Blah, 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 blah. I think they serve a function. The biggest gripe I have with most of the media is they were there's a refusal to acknowledge that the media has some culpability and people not wanting to deal with them if that makes sense it's 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 not to get too political but you see all this stuff with the police officers they always just say it's a it's it's a bad it's a bad apple right or you know it's a it's an outlier well you know, you have to, I think, take a stand back and you have to say, why does everyone dislike me? Why, you know, why does everyone dislike my entire profession? What have we done to bring this about, right? You and I have sat in multiple press conferences, right? Mm-hmm. And we have seen folks it become adversarial with the interviewee, uh, be their coach or player. We have seen, I have seen, I won't put words in your mouth. I have seen uh, writers, media folks try to get a tidbit of information, a sound bite, if you will, to kind of run with it.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: I, I think if more media types would say, look, we have to do better on our end, then that, I think that's a good discussion. But instead, they've hunkered down. And we're part of the process. You know, and, and, and I, I get that to some extent, but you have to acknowledge that you're part of this. You know, part of the situation is, it is adversarial by nature. Asking someone questions they don't want to answer, it's adversarial. It is. It absolutely is. But I think what athletes take umbrage with, as I break out my thesaurus, Ooh. is there's this need for a gotcha moment. And when I say that, this is what I think about. Do you remember the Allen Iverson practice press conference? Yep. And all we got out of that was he's just talking about practice. Mm-hmm. And that became the takeaway, right? Come to find out, you know, he had a close family friend that had been killed. He was going through some stuff. Mm -hmm. If you ever watched the full press conference, number one, Allen Iverson kept it as real as any athlete we've ever seen. Nope. Allen Iverson was probably the one dude in the last quarter century that what you saw on the court was what you would see off the court, like wherever you saw Allen Iverson, he was Allen Iverson. Right. Yeah. And not too many people are like that. Period. Right? You, you know, you may have work Vinny, you may have husband Vinny, you may have hanging with your boys Vinny, you've got Cats Talk Wednesday Vinny, yeah. but most of us will shift. Um, Alan Iverson was a dude that never shifted, yeah. right? What you see is what you got. So you go back, you watch that press conference and you see a man being that real, that open, that raw, talking about losing his friend, talking about all the expectations of being the face of an NBA franchise, right? All this stuff he's trying to do with his community. I mean, it is a great 20 minutes. Once you get past the practice, All he was saying about practice, he's like, I am doing all this stuff. I am dealing with all this stuff. And Mm -hmm. y'all are hounding me about practice. The nuance was lost. (laughs) And so if you are one of these athletes coming up and you see that, why would you open up to people? Like, why would you, you know, why would you Open up yeah. in a press conference. Right down, yep. Because you see what the machinery did, right? Remember. And I understand that the, the beat writers and the and the, and the and the and the you know the folks that are there every day aren't necessarily the talking heads like Stephen A. Smith. But if you're a uh, an athlete, the media is the media, right? <laughs> you know, the, the media is all the same, and so i understand where athletes are coming from like look i can tweet directly on my own now Mm, right i've got my own connection i don't need you and i've read a lot of articles and people talk about well you know would muhammad ali have been muhammad ali without you know these kind of long interviews well the issue with that framing is number one And I read another article talking about, it was somebody that covered women's tennis, talking about how she interviewed Naomi, you know, before her big US Open win against Serena and was kind of positioning it like, because I interviewed her, she became great. (laughs) And my whole thing is, no. If Muhammad Ali was, was, you know, had a 10 and 10 professional record he would number one not be the greatest. And number two, we wouldn't care what he did. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, like you all are not driving the bus. Let's be clear about that. No. Right? You serve a function, but but whether or not you know a, a player said something to the media, their number one job is on the field. You know, Marshawn Lynch with his I'm just here, you know, so I don't get fined. Uh-huh. Well, he also had a couple of beast most runs, you know, playing in the Super Bowl, right? So, the yeah. on the field matters a lot. Yep. I wish that, and I think what I would love to see of this conversation is, how do we do this better? Right? How do the athletes and the media how do we make this work? I don't know if it's going to be a perfect situation but clearly with the media and with the athletes on opposite sides it's not a uh, uh, it's not a tenable situation
0: and it's hard for me to to ask those super pointed digging thought well you know uh, soundbite provoking questions I was raised look you you mind your own business and don't put your business in the street so it I, I'm not even inclined to cross a lot of those lines that we hear some ask and, and, just, I ain't I ain't got to be that nosy that's why <laughs> you well, <know>? and, <laughs> and, 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 and here's the thing as well
1: now uh, again it's another layer to this Naomi Osaka her idol was Serena Williams and the Williams sisters, right? And the tennis media, the particularly the foreign non-American tennis media, let's be very honest. They have done the, the Williams sisters wrong. It's been racist, it's been sexist, it's been vile, right? So if you're Naomi Osaka and you have seen them do this to Serena, you've got to protect yourself because you don't want that to happen to you. Mm-hmm. Just like, you know, these NBA guys seeing how they did Iverson, seeing how they did all this, you know, seeing how they did all this stuff, right? And and, and look, I, I I understand, again, the, the talking heads on TV different from the beat reporters. I get that. Yeah. But it's a hard distinction to make. I mean, for example, look at Kwame Brown. This dude has just minded his business for 20 years. And everybody, every time the NBA draft comes up, every time some NBA, you know, high draft pick doesn't pan out, who is the measuring stick? Right? Me kill. And so these dudes just and and ladies. Right? You know, the, the, the WNBA has had some issues as well. They just get tired of it. I just if 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 the if the, the media quote unquote and I know that's a big kind of nebulous term, if they want the athletes to be better, y'all gotta be better too. Right? You know, because it's all about trust. When you look at Kyle Tucker and what he does for the Atlantic, he gives the Big Blue Nation just great stories on the players, on the recruits, and the number one reason, they trust him, right? That's what's missing. Mm -hmm. These folks know he's not trying to get a gotcha. He's not trying to, and and look, he reports bad stuff too. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like he's, he's treating Coach Cal with kid gloves, right? But if the people know you're going to be fair, they will talk to you. Even if you're harder than others. I I say it all the time. Jerry Tipton, every uh, big time college program needs a Jerry Tipton.
0: Mm -hmm. You You need
1: a guy who is going to say to the coach that yes, your poop stinks. Like you need that guy. Right. I I think, you know, you don't need everybody buying. And I'm not saying that, uh, you know, that people buy into Cal all the time, but we talk about his Calisms. But I just, and that's, I listened to Bomani Jones' podcast Day talked to Howard Bryant, seen Howard Bryant and others on uh, Twitter talking about it. And it's like, you're missing the point. Like you all in the media, a lot of these folks, you just want to be this way because you can Mm -hmm. And when players say, look, I can tweet out what I want, right? I can do what I want. I don't need you to tell my story. I can tell it myself. Well, then you want to get upset about it instead of saying we all need to be better with this mm-hmm. that that's my issue is hey look we can all do things better because I, I'm tired of being talked down to by you know these sports writers you don't understand what we have to do yeah we do we do
2: mm-hmm.
1: right you know and, and that's why you get you know I'm just here not to be fine
2: mm-hmm. that's why
1: you get Bill Belichick we're just moving on to Cincinnati but and and Bomani Jones conceded this point when someone asked Bill Belichick a football scheming question he will go on and on about it it's the stupid questions that he doesn't have time for right right and and, and you know look <laughs> I love sports writers I try to fancy myself as a sports media person. You and I both, quasi, sorta, maybe, kind of, right? I, I I get that, but it's just sports. You yep. know, it, it's just sports. Um, I I can I can feel this rage if you know somebody's interviewing the president and he's not giving a straight answer. Okay, yeah, you need to make sure the president answers these questions. You know, I want. My regular reporters, you know, like the troubleshooter, you know, you know, why is this four-way stop here? Like, you know, that's what I want. You know, who's embezzling money? Like, yeah, but this is just sports at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. The people that really need to get the questions asked, that never have to get the questions asked, it's the owners. It's the GMs. I mean, think about this. Your man, Daryl Morey couple years ago free taiwan right no what did he have to answer for nothing who do they ask lebron james
0: right
1: and it's like well people will look at lebron why is he having to answer for this yeah you know when when labor disputes are coming up it's the players that have to answer for it. jerry jones ain't giving an interview
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know what I'm saying, what you know, James Dolan running the Knicks. Who's asking him what are you doing? He's not going to answer any questions. Mm, yeah. So I'm sorry, sports writers, that you want to hammer the Naomi Osaka's of the world. You want to hammer these 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 low level folks, and it's and it's ridiculous, you know, asking the players about moving a franchise. Man, the, they don't know. Like <laughs> that's above their pay grade. Yep. And, and 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 going back to like to Danny Ainge, look, the Boston Celtics players have to sit out there and explain why the season went the way it did, right? <laughs> yep. Danny Ainge just looks at, peace out. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I think this we gotta we gotta know what's going on with sports. You're talking to the wrong people mm-hmm. like i'm not going to walk into mcdonald's and the person the drive through i'm not going to ask them about corporate strategy <laughs> you <Yep>. like <laughs> you know it, it, it's and it, it's hard to register that lebron james is just an employee mm-hmm. right <laughs> you know he's he, he, <laughs> a, a highly compensated influential employee but he's just an employee he ain't the dude to do signs checks if you really want to get to the heart of the NBA, the NFL, you've got to talk to the big dudes and those dudes never talk never they never say anything I mean, they're there when they hire a new coach or they get a big free agent but when things go south they don't say nothing good job, you can get it so <laughs> uh, like I said, it's multifaceted with Naomi Osaka uh, she's got to do what she feels is best to protect her mental health
0: that's right
1: you know and if and if she says that she'll take the fines you know I I, I honestly was when it first came out I was like they've got to figure out uh, a way to make this work and then all the grand slams came out and, you know they had to puff out their chest a little bit and it's like come on you gotta let cooler heads prevail
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, you, there, there's, there's got to be a way we can make this work. Now, the one thing I will kind of say to uh Naomi Osaka, you know, she's talking about, you know, people ask her questions and it makes her doubt herself. Mm-hmm. That is part of being a professional athlete. Mm-hmm. Like we talked about with Coach K. And you and I are old enough to remember when Michael Jordan was never going to win a championship, right? You you're gonna you're gonna get those questions. You know, why can't you do X, Y, and Z? Like you're th- like that's just part of it. So again, it's multi-layered, and I think it gets lost a little bit as everything does. You know, once it's kind of out there, uh, everybody's kind of coming from their whole uh, perspective. So I- I'm of the mind like, look. We do need those press conferences, I believe, to, to ask. You, you ask questions, right? And you, you you, push and you try to get answers. I, I get it. I respect it. But I also can understand athletes being like, man, I don't want to do this. Yep. Because what happens is the, the, the media, and I hate saying the media because the media is responsible for everything but (laughs) you know depending on who you talk to but there's a disconnect because you know the media starts framing things and that's how we see people right we that's why Kwame Brown is quote-unquote a bust right the media kind of frames things and I think there's a disconnect with how we see the athletes as real people and that's why we're seeing these people act a fool in the stands.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I think that I think that's part of it. Yeah. We, we don't see these athletes as as human. Like you were saying, there's some places you probably wouldn't go to ask a question because of respect, because you understand, yeah, LeBron James, he's a good basketball player, but he's still a man. No. He's 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 still deserving of what you would give a man. That respect, right? Mm-hmm. But if you're dis- disrespecting the athletes and the fans consuming what is out there, you know, it's no wonder that fans are having this ownership. Right? Mm-hmm. And and we we're, look, they've got to nip this in the bud Yo. because it's escalating. You know, Whose this, name on earth? the 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 fan what was that uh in was it in dc or philly that got out onto the court
0: yeah oh, dc just run out
1: you, you, look you can't have that man uh that segues into uh look as long as everybody does what they're supposed to do that keeps everything at balance right uh and what i mean by that is in every situation Everybody's got a role to fill, right? And when you step out of that role, that's when things go askew. Like, you can mess up at your job, and your boss can come in and say, look, Benny, you didn't do X, Y, and Z. Let's take a look at this. Make sure we don't do it again. Okay, that's one way to do it. But he can't come in yell at you like Samuel L. Jackson, right? Like, that's a different conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And so as a fan, you can come in, you can cheer, you can boo. But mm-hmm. when you start crossing that line and see people uh, you know, sticks and stones, nah man, no, nah, nah. words can cross a line. There's stuff you can say to another person where, look, we gotta fight. That's why I love your boy Vernon Maxwell. Mm-hmm. When that dude in, uh, I think it was Portland, said something about his stillborn daughter, mm-hmm. he's like, I'm gonna take care of this. I ain't telling security. And the best part is, he, he punched the dude and then went back and sat on the bench. <laughs> you know, got his ten games, paid his money, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you look at the malice of the palace. Look, all those dudes: Maxwell, uh, Stephen Jackson, Ron Artest, and Jermaine O'Neal. If you listen to them talk about those instances and other athletes that have gone to the stands not one of them has ever said yeah i shouldn't have done that what they have said was the fine was a lot you know the suspension (laughs) was a lot you know but they've never because fans can go too far and i don't believe that people go to play basketball well this is what they signed up for no it's not
0: no it absolutely isn't just because you pay for your ticket that don't mean you got carte blanche to just do whatever right and that's how all the stuff when Hank Aaron passed away
1: well he was stoic no man no 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 (laughs) that stuff was vile let's say that stuff is vile fans can go too far you you have to, and I think it's a league as a you know when you look at colleges or whatever fans can go too far you look at some of the cheers uh that uh the, the maryland uh, student section had for JJ reddit that yeah. was some vile vile stuff the the Cameron crazies have gone to bad places mm-hmm. you know it's one thing to be a you know a tough road venue i think most athletes love the road venue most athletes are like trey young uh, y'all quiet now right yeah. i think most athletes love that but you can't go to certain places. And and I think the media and and these leagues need to, you know, basically say, like, look, there's gonna be a fan code of conduct. You know, we don't need another Malice at the Palace. Mm -hmm. And we don't, because if you ever watch that live feed, I remember watching it live, when it first went down and they cut to the studio, Everybody on the studio panel said, man, fans are crazy. Fans are out of control. When they came back, then it was, well, the players shouldn't have done that. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, we need to say, the customer is not always right. Mm -hmm. Customer can be way wrong. And if you are throwing things at people, you got, there's consequences to that. Like, I don't know where you're from. I was raised, Papa Brown said, somebody spit on you that means they want to fight you. Mm -hmm. Like if someone spits, like if you spit on someone or at someone, you've got to be prepared to fight. Mm -hmm. That's just the bottom line kind of thing. So what mentality gets these fans to a place they think they can do that? I'm gonna throw a water bottle at you and that's okay. I'll take it. You know, (laughs) a lot of these folks are getting real comfortable doing and saying whatever, because they think you, you won't whoop them.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's, you know, the my favorite part of the malice of the palace was that dude that, thankfully, Jermaine O'Neal slipped. Yeah. Because he had all, what, 280 pounds, like, he pulled that punch back from Auburn Hills. Like, he, yeah. like, you know, every time I see that clip, I'm like, thank God he slipped. Yeah. He would have killed that dude. Mm-hmm. But, when, but there's that moment where he's approaching and getting ready to pull back where the fan is on the court is like, I have made a poor decision in my life. Mm-hmm. Like, I have got myself into a situation. You know, it's like that, that meme going on Twitter, like, record scratch. Er! I mean, mm-hmm. Yes, that's me. I bet you wonder how I got in this position. Like, <laughs> you know, everybody just... you're like oh i i I shouldn't have done it we've all had those moments in our lives where you just you get to that spot you're like man i made a poor choice to get to this moment in my life for me it was playing nwa's f the police when my dad came home in his police uniform (laughs) And and he walked into the room and he heard some of the language and then it got to the chorus and I was getting ready to turn it off, and he's like, no. Nah. And then it's F the police. And he looks at his badge, he looks at me. That was my, oh no. I've, I've made a poor decision to get to this place. Like.
2: What? <laughs> oh, <boy. laughs> Woo! Yeah, but you know, but going
1: back to the fans, fans just have ownership of stuff. And, you know, now it's Boston fans. He stepped on Lucky. What?
0: <laughs> like, like KG and Big Baby, what are they really doing? Stirring that up. Look, big man, K, KG just needs to <laughs> shut up. I, I've never been,
1: like, is a fantastic player. Never been a big fan. Because for all his woofing, when you look at the dudes he woofs at, hmm It ain't never the alpha on the other team. No. He's he's going after Timothy Mozgov. He's going after Zerounis Elgaskis. He ain't going after the big dogs.
0: Charlie Villanueva.
1: Right. Like the one time, because and I don't know if you heard if you saw this, like he said to Tim Duncan after his mom dad Happy Mother's Day. Yeah. Now I don't think anything happened on the court, but Tim Duncan is the dude he will see you afterwards.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And when a quiet dude comes to see you afterwards, look, you just need to say, I'm sorry. Like, mm-hmm. whatever it is. So, as reckless as KG has been, now he's going to talk about basketball etiquette. Yeah. Yo, know, Come on, man. And Big Baby Dave is like, come on, man.
2: You? Mm-hmm.
1: It, it'd be different if Larry Bird was like, hey, don't step on leprechaun. Okay. Okay.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, if Bill Russell was like, "Don't step on a leprechaun," uh, maybe I'll listen. But Big Baby Davis, get out of here, man! And KG talk about etiquette, get out of here. You know, the 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 Celtics. I, I'm not gonna go on because I can talk about the Celtics for another two hours. But <laughs> you know, they 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 just it's it's a franchise with no juice. Yeah, it, and and that's the that's the thing. Like nobody wants to play that. I know that segues
0: into other stuff,
1: but uh, fans have
0: just gone crazy. Mm-hmm. they sure have. They absolutely have. Oh, speaking of other things, we gotta save your Lakers for last. But, <laughs> um, Dame last night. That of course most people missed that because it was on NBA TV and you know Phoenix at LA was you know that was that was happening on TNT Um, Dame last night 55 and 10 assists in a loss where you stacking that up as far as and I'm about to put a little poll out for me the three that jump out in a loss you and I watched Isaiah go for 25 and a quarter on a bad ankle. You know, Jordan scored 63 against Boston. You know, Celtics were just better. Dane's 55 last night, bringing them back for however many they were down 18, 20, 12 threes, 10 dimes. You know, to do what he did. They, I mean, they lost. Like he said, it doesn't matter. We lost the game, which is bottom line. That's true. But when you talk about Unbelievable performances in a loss. That and I know there's recency bias, but that jumps right up there with any of these other ones in the playoffs in a single game. And then you got, of course, you know, Jerry West, the numbers he put up when they would lose the series. You know, the bronze put up crazy numbers in a loss. But those three to me, Jordan and Isaiah and now Dame last night, those are
1: unbelievable. Uh yeah, I'm trying to think in a in a loss was a you know who's somebody that we just you know gave literally gave you everything they had I'm trying to uh oh wow that's 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 a tough one I'd have to think about that the ones you named are right up there but you know the situation is Dame respecting. he wants to stay in uh, in, in uh, you know he wants to stay in uh, Portland and fight the good fight but this is what's going to happen he's going to have nights like this where he's going to be incredible and a loss and he may very well be the best clutch shooter the NBA's had but because it didn't take place in the finals it's going to get lost in the static You you know talking to some younger NBA folks it's like look Y'all don't remember, the Milwaukee Bucks used to be a pretty good franchise. You know, they'd be a three, four, five seed in the East. The problem was they couldn't beat the Celtics, the Sixers, or the Pistons. But they were very, very good. Like, Sidney Moncrief was a very, very good player. But if you don't do it, or you're not able to get in a situation where you're at least to the conference finals, it just gets lost. Right or wrong, it just kind of gets lost in the shuffle, right? I, I think that the NBA, if you are going to be, you know, to use my old analogy, you know, when you're talking about your pantheon of greats, if you want to sit at the big table, you've got to at least done something in the finals. Mm-hmm. Like, like I think Charles Barkley in '93, that game was it, game five. In Chicago, where Chicago was ready to pop the champagne, and Barkley just went berserk. Mm-hmm. I think he might have like—I mean, I can't remember the numbers—but it was just a game where he's like, "I'm—I'm I'm pretty good myself, right?" Mm-hmm. And it sticks out because he did it in the finals. And I—I I, I think that, particularly the NBA, because in the NBA. One dude may not win you a championship, but one dude can get you to knock on the door. And I think that, I think Harding kind of realized that in Houston, not to, to knock your rockets, but for as great as he was, like he's not going to be able to get over that hump and start talking about, you know, where is he the best, you know, shooting guard. He's not going to get over that hump unless he makes it to a finals. Like I know he did it in OKC, but can he do it being the dude? Right, right. was uh-huh. on the bench back then. Right, that's that's yeah. the difference, and that to me is where the NBA is a little bit different because you can look at, you know, some some NFL guys that didn't win big, and you can say, okay, you know, like Larry Fitzgerald. I know he went to a Super Bowl, but you know he's up there. You know Terrell Owens. He's up there. You know. I think you can you can you can do that, but the NBA it's just different because one dude can change everything. And, but again, there's only so much one dude can do. So I know I'm kind of talking in circles, but but Dame needs to. Uh, if if he doesn't want to end up ring chasing at the very end. And look, if he's happy in Portland, more power to him, yeah. right? Like, like I respect that. Whatever decision someone makes for their career, I respect it. Somebody wants to ring Chase, that's fine with me. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like Tracy McGrady, you know, at the end of his career, kind of, you know, Spurs or whoever. I, I, look, at, at mm-hmm. that point, tra- look, Tracy McGrady, like his position is secure. That doesn't bother me. You know, some people that might bother, it doesn't bother me at all. You know, Carbone coming to the Lakers. That does not bother me. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm cool with that. So, uh, but Dame is just—he's phenomenal. It's Dame time. Like he's got those moments, you know, where you know sending the uh, uh, Thunder home uh, yeah. a couple of years in a row. Like he's got those moments. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be tough to not get lost in the shuffle because he's doing it in the first round.
0: That's the thing. Mm -hmm. That's true. Now, for (laughs) Clippers-Lakers, it's been a little role reversal since this time last week. Uh, Lakers drop game one, come back and win two. Like, okay, they're gonna, gonna take control. And then Phoenix has come back and won two more Lakers heading back to Staples, facing elimination. Anthony Davis is injured with the groin, which was a domino effect from like a hyperextended knee, according to Dave McMenamin. And yeah, Charles Barkley called him street clothes last night on would NBA on TNT. Clippers rally back to tie the Mavericks. It's 2-2, got the critical game five tonight. Kawhi and Paul George trying to shake off the reputation that they have. Well, especially Paul George. Kawhi's going to have his two rings regardless. <laughs> and he can just probably rub the clipper off of that if it don't pan out. But Paul George, he's still trying to, forget get a table, he's still trying to get in the room. And, you know, here we are again with the, and, and this is going to be until until they get over the hump. You know, If they get out of this round, okay, and then it'll be the same thing in the next round. Well, can the Clippers do it again? So until they actually do it, like you said, the Clippers have to show us that they can get to the Lakers, if the Lakers are there in a round, and then get to the finals. They haven't done it. So, Clippers and Lakers, a lot going on in this past seven days. Yeah, you know, uh, it's you know, it, the
1: Lakers may very well lose this series, but the issue is if you are going to do as the Lakers do uh, and have done, if you're going to have two stars, you need two healthy stars. Yeah, you're right. And, you know, people can make jokes, whatever. Uh, but I seem to remember Anthony Davis putting together a pretty good, final, uh, you know, playoff run way back in 2020. Okay, so. Stop acting like we've not seen it. Yes, we have. We just saw it six months ago. So, mm-hmm. stop. <laughs> uh, so, the Lakers could very well lose. That's, you know, uh, I mean, I was disappointed with the performance last night, but without uh, a healthy Anthony Davis, that changes everything, right? Mm-hmm. With what they do. Uh, still, the same thing I said at the beginning of the playoffs. The Lakers, their plan worked. Okay? Like, two or three years ago, hey, we got LeBron, let's go get AD, and they won a championship. You know, those, (laughs) those things happened within two years of each other, right? They did. And so, you've got other franchises, they're the ones that still have to answer questions. Right? Did the process play off in Philadelphia? I don't know. Uh, Giannis is a two-time MVP. Can he get his team to the conference finals? That's a question that needs to be asked. Uh, we see Boston has fallen apart. Uh, is Utah finally gonna get back? Like, so I, I get everybody's got to get the jokes off on the Lakers. I get that. You know, it 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 comes with the territory. But they have proven the way they do things works. Uh, as I've said. Many, many times since Elgin Baylor and Jerry West, the Lakers, their whole thing, give us two top 10 guys and we will figure it out. And that's how they've got 17 titles and additional 18 more appearances in the finals.
0: And, like, LA, and it sounds so simple, but LA is a place where people want to go. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 that,
1: and and, and so, yeah, you know, Bomani Jones and, and uh, uh, Harold Bryant were talking about that. And when you look at the NBA, there are only, what, four to five, maybe destination places that people want to play. L.A. is one of them,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? You know, Miami. You know, there are only a few places that. Can realistically assume we can we can bring somebody in, yeah, you know, or that or the people want to play here, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Everybody else be
0: an advantage,
1: right? And and everybody else has to scramble.
0: Draft well.
1: You you got to draft well, and then you've really got to make stars comfortable. Like, mm-hmm. look, your Rockets did everything they could to keep James Harden. Yep. Yeah. They tinkered, they tried, they built everything around what James Harden did, right?
0: But you have to. And they're in the fourth biggest market in the country. They're not in OKC. We're talking about Houston. But, I mean, look at the Knicks. What free agent have they signed?
1: (laughs) Remember, Carmelo got traded and I think re-signed, but who... Who, who, who's who's going to New York?
2: Mm.
1: You know, Madison Square Garden, for all the hoopla we get, that's just the place where people go to make memories against the Knicks.
2: Yeah.
1: You know, we've talked about it at the beginning of the playoffs, like,
0: well, it's better when the Knicks are good. When are they good? That's what Spike Lee when Trey Young did what he did, that's why Spike was like, oh, I've, I've seen this many times before. Yes, the <laughs> memories I have of Madison
1: Square Garden are the times Jordan would go for 55, right? <laughs> yeah. Yo. You know, it's everybody has a coming out party in Madison Square Garden to prove a point. Kobe went for 60. Yo. You know, Tracy McGrady did a double nickel, I think. It's the place where you go, it's... It, Look, Madison Square Garden is the Sean Bradley of NBA arenas. People (laughs) lick their chops and say, I'm going to make memories on the Knicks.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: You know, Reggie Miller, (laughs) however you feel about him, right? If his whole career was playing Madison Square Garden, you (laughs) know, he might be Jordan level. Yeah. Right? So it is crazy that the Celtics are in the same boat as the Knicks. A basketball-mad city, right? A a franchise with 17 titles, which you think would have some cachet, and nobody wants to play that. Now, I mean, we can do a deep dive on why that is, as Kyrie pointed out, but the thing you have to do, wherever you are, you've got to figure out, okay, how are we going to do this? How are we going to be competitive? Philadelphia tried the process, which was a dreadful way of going about doing it. Right? You know, every like your Rockets, they tried three or four different major things to try to get it to work with Harden. Right? Uh, Golden State gifted with two of the best shooters ever, and then Kevin Durant decided to show up. (laughs) Right? You know, if the Lakers lose... This is going to be the the first time LeBron has appeared in the playoffs and hasn't made the finals in a decade. Man. Like, I, look, I don't like getting in the MJ LeBron debate. I think it's dumb, and you know, however you feel, you're going to feel. But yep. that is ridiculous.
2: Mm-hmm. Like,
1: literally, wherever LeBron showed up, they 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 were competing for a championship and won. You know? I mean, we're making a big deal about Tom Brady going to Tampa Bay and winning. Imagine if you know next year he decided to go to uh, the Rams <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. and
1: went to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then two years after that he went to uh, you know the Buffalo Bills.
2: Wow mm-hmm.
1: Like he's the, like I, I, and all this everybody's got to have a take. I don't think we' appreciate what this dude has done. Yeah. That's just my two cents. But, uh, you know, the Lakers, like I said, if they, if they, I, you know, I don't even know if I want Anthony Davis to go in game six. It, it's almost like let's just end this now. Mm-hmm. Because I think if he has to push and exert, and I think I said this uh, at the, you know, when they first got hurt in the regular season, I don't want a long first round series. And now this series has got to go seven games, yeah. You know to move on, and so with LeBron and his ankle and AD, the effort they would have to expend to win the next two games doesn't set them well up for for who they have to play next. Because I think if they win, it would be the Nuggets, and the Nuggets front line is no joke. Mm-hmm. You know, pun intended. So, yep. if they've got to play the Nuggets, the Lakers front line has to be solid. Mm-hmm. And do I want a gimpy AD on the Joker, or Michael Porter Jr., mm-hmm. or Aaron Gordon, or you know Paul Millsap is good for Dang. you know a bucket or two? Yeah. You know, I, no, I don't. So <laughs> that that's that's my two cents on that and I'm not trying to be a sour grapes Lakers fan but look I got my title <laughs> yeah. you know and, 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 and with all the injuries it kind of is what it is I'm not trying to make excuses because the Lakers should have been better they should have played better last night but when you look around the league at teams trying to figure out how to get to a championship and the Lakers being like yeah we'll just get two of the best players and then figure it out and then it working mm. That to me is funny. It's it's objectively funny to me, that everybody's got these long-range plans about assets, draft picks, blah, 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 blah. And the Lakers will be like, oh, LeBron came? Cool. (laughs) Let's get Anthony Davis for these dudes, and then we'll (laughs) figure it out. Like, it's objectively funny to me. Yeah. That all these teams have been trying to figure it out. And look, Toronto's the same way. Couldn't get over LeBron Hump. You know, uh, San Antonio decides to exile Kawhi, where a place he doesn't want to go. And then they figure it out. They win a championship. Like, okay, cool. (laughs) You know, like, all right, we got our title. Like, that justifies kind of what we've been doing, right? You know, I, I think the same way with the Mavericks. You know, you get Dirk Nowitzki, you know, what, best European player ever probably in the nba i mean if we're having that yeah uh, so uh you you stumble into the finals in 06 lose you you you, you know you everything kind of breaks your way in 11 that's house money if you're the mavericks Yeah. yeah right you know uh if you're mark cuban you got your championship hey you've done just as much as the vaulted celtics and the Mavericks started from like I don't think people understand how bad the Mavericks were when uh Mark Cuban took over like nine Mm -hmm. wins like nine Mm -hmm. and 73 that's right dreadful like the Raptors (laughs) came in the Magic came in as new franchises and were automatically better than the 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 uh the Mavericks you know, that's how they ended up with Jamal Mashburn, Jimmy Jackson, Jason Kidd, and back-to-back-to-back drafts because they were terrible. That's right. So, look, you win your championship, you justify what you do. Because there's a lot of teams out there
0: that that, that,
1: that haven't done that.
0: That's it. Now, where you think about, you know, because you you keep up with Lakers Twitter, you know, the Lakers, the fans that were, you know, wondering why is ad out here on the bench why isn't he getting treatment those though that portion of the fans you you with that or you like you know some of them had an issue with that with the what now i'm sorry you kind of cut out with uh with with ad if he's not gonna play why isn't he back there getting treatment or why didn't he stay back in l.a and get treatment round the clock so he could be ready for game six and why is he just chilling on the bench blah blah blah. i mean he- what do you do for a groin?
1: Rest is the thing. So, I mean, there, you, I don't know why people think whatever the injury is, you can just go Mr. Miyagi in the Karate Kid and like fix it. But for most of these injuries, rest. That's it. Like, that's the biggest thing. Like, you can, you know, massage the groin or whatever, but the biggest thing is rest. Like, go to WebMD. You know, high ankle sprains, a lot of the injuries that athletes get, rest is the is the number one thing. Now you can you know a lot of the teams will do things so guys are able to play, right? You know, wink, wink, nod, nod. But <laughs> the biggest thing is rest. So I got no problem with it. Uh, you know, Lakers Twitter, we talk about Kentucky fans being crazy and look Lakers fan look I am part of two of the worst fan bases in sports <laughs> Kentucky fans and Lakers fans <laughs> but I also will say they're the worst but I also say I see where they're coming from yeah. you know if you're a Kentucky fan and you have been a top 10 winning program since the 1930s every decade mhm. Then yeah, your the, 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 your expectation is different. If you're a Lakers fan, the NBA is 80, and you've been to 34 finals. Yes, <laughs> you do see that as your birthright to play for a championship. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, yes. You know, because my, my hope is obviously maybe not this year, but next year the Lakers get healthy right? They, they come back and they win a championship because if they do that, you know, another championship with LeBron and AD, that's going to be my fourth Lakers dynasty. Goodness gracious. From magic and Kareem in the eighties, Shaq and Kobe, Shaq and Gasol, and then LeBron and AD. And <laughs> I know I make it sound simpler than it is or more simple, but the Lakers just like, look, we'll just get two of the top ten best players and we will figure it out. You know, if and, and if your third option is James Worthy, then you win five championships in a nine-year spe- period, right? If, if James Worthy is, not, is your third option, okay. Now, if Alex Caruso is your third option, oh, that's a little bit different, right? If, if if KCP's your third option, oh! (laughs) if Kyle
0: Kuzma your third option, and then you get what we got last night. Ooh, y'all so hard on Kuzma. He never get back into y'all's good graces. Yeah, he's just a dude. Lakers, Twitter, Lakers fans just, they just love to hate. Roast him, man. Pass the ball. Dude is cool. Blah, blah, blah. blinking and blank and Kuzma, he, he catches so much. But the thing is, we love like LA loves the stars, right?
1: That goes without saying. But we love those other dudes. Like Rick Fox is like, you know, and Derek Fisher, those guys are just, look, all I gotta do is do a little bit, this team's gonna win, that's great. We're like, Kuzma, just do that. Like, don't try to do, just do that. (laughs) And we'd be all right with you. Don't try to do too much.
2: Yeah.
1: Like, come on, Kurt Rambis. You don't, Kurt Rambis don't need 20 shots.
0: That's right. That's right. <laughs> go out there, and get some rebounds, clothesline somebody, and then go sit down. That's all we need you to do, Kurt. <laughs> <laughs> Clotheline you know, Bird, get a couple of rebounds.
1: Yeah, AC Green, just rebound. We don't need you to do nothing else. That's right. You know, the and, and that's the part of LA is when I talk about they get two stars and figure it out, they have really good supporting cast. Right? Like when you look at the 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 champions, like if Derek Fisher and Brian Shaw are your, you know, kind of backup point guards, that's a pretty good team. Right? Yeah. You know, you 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 look at, you know, Andrew Bynum, we saw his best in LA before he kind of went off the deep end. So that's part of the equation too, is getting two dudes and then figuring it out. Yep. But but it also helps if your two dudes are dude. I'm not talking about like Paul George dude, right? right I'm talking like if your second dude depending on how you look at it is Jerry West that's a good combo if your next next combo is West and Wilt Chamberlain okay right (laughs) Yo, Magic and Kareem yeah okay that's what I'm talking about I'm talking about Hall of Fame dudes and then you figure
0: it out that's what I'm talking about not just dudes exactly man another fun show glad you had a safe trip it just turned out great, and man, we had fun talking to Muhammad to we'll watch some of these games before I turn in. But uh, had a lot of fun as always. Appreciate you, man. Appreciate you. We got Naomi Osaka in there. We got the crazy fans. Talked UK baseball. We covered everything. We covered everything happening. Man. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, another good show. We'll do it again. That's it. Let's see what's... Put that little poll out there. I think it was a pretty good one. Let me see right quick what everybody's talking about on there. Isaiah Thomas. Uh, which individual performance in a loss is the best for you right now? Michael Jordan. 63 versus Boston. has got the majority of the vote. And then Dame last night. Then Isaiah Thomas. 13 votes so far. So, that's y'all keep checking it out. Vote in the little poll. And Have a little fun with it. Thanks again to Muhammad Ahmad. Definitely got to get him back on. And glad you're back safe, man. Enjoy the rest of your night, TB. And we'll do it again next time, man. Absolutely. Thanks, everybody. That's it. Appreciate y'all. It's been Cat's Talk Wednesday for Man TV. This is Vinny Hardy. We'll see everybody this time next week. Thanks for listening.